Hey Chicks, I'm Sal. And I'm Al. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that shares life lessons for the gals from the gals. And today we are doing a cheeky part two of career tips from the Ultimate Workwives. So we did this in season one, all the way back in our humble beginnings of Two Broke Chicks. And we still have more to give, so we thought let's do a part two. So we're going to be talking, you know, all the tips to surviving and thriving in your work life. Yeah. So in case you did miss that first episode, a little bit of context for y'all. Sal and I have worked together for the last five years. We've been doing the potty together for nearly a year. And previously to that, we both worked as journalists, both studied media degrees and all that fun stuff, both did internships. So, you know, we've picked up a few life lessons Along the way, some good, some bad, some in between. <laughs> some traumatic. Some we're still making. <laughs> Not me. I don't know. Stop looking at me. <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> but before we get into the juicy stuff, what's your life lesson of the week, Al? Okay. My life lesson is if you're not invited to something, don't ask to be. So this is for those moments where... You're hanging out with your friends, right? Maybe like you put something on your story and there's that one person that messages and goes, oh, invites. Don't do that. Don't do that. One, you look like a loser. <laughs> and two, it makes everyone uncomfortable. Mm. And I'm not saying that you can't ask to be invited to things. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. I think, for example, like if you were to hang out with someone on the weekend and I was like oh that looks like a lot of fun next time I'd be like hey like next time you know you guys hang out I'd love to come or why don't we all do something together next time yeah don't reply and emotionally blackmail this person or like screenshot something and then be like well I wish I was invited yeah it's so passive aggressive it's like Sal and I were hanging out with a friend the other week and then like Post it on Instagram because we seek validation in everyday life, obviously. Standard. And then, yeah, someone screenshot it, sent it to us and was like, oh, yeah, invites. And then called. And we're like, where are you? And it's like, just chill. People can hang out with people within a friendship group. You don't have to do the whole thing. Yeah, sometimes people just want to have a one-on-one or it is a last-minute thing. Like you don't have to be involved in everything. And if you are genuinely hurt and feel like you're being left out, then, yeah, just Don't do it in a passive-aggressive way. Don't do it. Yeah, it's going to get you nowhere. Yeah. And then like the other thing is remember that sometimes some people might not feel like they're in a position to be like handing out the invites. Like if you're at someone's house, like I'm not going to invite someone else to someone else's house. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's not your place. So they shouldn't be sending that to you. Okay, on to my life lesson. This is one that I've seen on TikTok recently and I feel like we should all embody and it's kind of related to the episode and it's quiet quitting so oh, I saw this on Refinery29. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's all over the web. Yeah. But yeah, basically it's not quitting your job, but stop subscribing to that hustle culture and really going above and beyond what you're getting paid for at work. Stop like working yourself into the ground, getting burnt out and just do what you're paid for and then live your life outside of your job. Bye. Okay, so anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm quite quitting now. <laughs> I'm just quiet for the rest of the podcast, let's be honest. And you're like, I'm, I'm quiet capable. quitting. It was your life lesson. I'm not capable of being quiet. We all know that. It's fine. 
It's not going to work for us. <laughs> Two workaholics. Two, like, people pleasers who, like, constantly seek validation. Sal and I got, like, a shout-out at work, but we weren't on, like, the huddle. Mm. And we saw that we got, like, a shout-out. And I was like, oh, my God, we didn't hear it. So I went back and I watched the recording so I could still get the validation of getting a shout-out. Oh, my God. I wanted the dopamine hit, okay? That's a good shout. I'll go back and watch it too. Yeah. Well, there we go. There's our life lessons for the week. But before we jump into the episode, we just want to say this is actually our last episode of season two. What a wild ride it's been. Took a sigh of relief. <laughs> Everyone's like, thank God. <laughs> but don't worry. You won't have to miss us too much. Don't relax too much. Yeah, exactly. We'll be back. We're taking a one-week break and then we'll be back for season three in your ear holes. Yeah, you're not getting rid of us that quick. All right, well, let's get into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, so as we mentioned up top, today's episode is all about career tips from the ultimate work wives. So let's kick it off. We're kind of going to go tit for tat, if you will, and share some of our life lessons that we've learned throughout our career. So do you want to kick us off, Al, with your first one? Sure. My number one tip is that, and especially after working from home for so long now, which like I love working from home, but I definitely needed to like learn this tip over the last year, especially, that your job is not your entire life. Your career, your job, it's not your personality. You don't wake up to do that every single day. Sure, you can, you know, feel good about it, have goals, like seek validation, get your dopamine hits, all that fun stuff. But you do not live to work. You work to live. You work so you can earn dad cash money moolah and go live your life. Go be a hot bitch in Europe Go spend like a disgusting amount of vodka lime sodas at Frankie's. You know what I mean? And I've started trying to introduce things so that I'm not, you know, working from home. I don't wake up in the morning, you know, get a coffee, log on, finish work at like 6.30, 7.30, eat dinner, watch something on TV and go to bed. Like I felt like a robot. Mm. And just even if you're going into work, just commuting, working, commuting home, bed, that is so fine in moderation. Now, I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. But introduce things during your week that are also things that you enjoy doing. Like go, you know, to a Pilates class or organize to do Taco Tuesdays nights with all your friends maybe once a month. Put things on during the week that you still feel like you're living your life because there's 24 hours in a day and you're working for seven and a half of them. So what else are you doing in the day? Mm. You know, like your work doesn't need to be your entire life and also don't let it seep into other parts. Like if you've had... A stressful day, you know, if numbers aren't where they need to be, if you're not making those cotton on sales for my retail girlies, <laughs> you know, like who gives a f You don't own the business. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Like don't go above and beyond when you don't need to. No, like it just Set doesn't boundaries. need to be your entire life. And like do fun things after work. Don't just like let your whole day revolve around going to work because that's boring. I think when you're working from home, you need to have that like hard stop. Like set an alarm or something that's really going to like shake you out of it and be like, mm. all right, laptop closed. Yeah. Because it is hard when it like seeps in to your evening. And it's hard when like you do feel tired after work and maybe like you've made dinner plans. But I promise once you get to that dinner at 7.30, you'll have another like pep in your step. Okay. 
one life lesson that I've learned throughout my career is how to spot a toxic workplace. Is this about to be a subtle hint? <laughs> and the first sign is... You work with Alex. Alex <laughs> <laughs> No, but I thought I would run through like some of the common red flags that I think that if you're early in your job, if you've worked there for a while, or even some of these things will pop up in the interview process, mm. run. Five signs of a toxic workplace. Number one is if there's no work-life balance. So if you're saying that all of your colleagues are working till, you know, eight o'clock and kind of like boasting about that or that's like really part of the conversation or it's something that your manager is expecting you to do, that is a huge red flag. And if they're kind of putting that as like, a positive being like oh well you're going above and beyond you're doing x y and z like sure that's okay to do maybe every once in a while if you're working on like a project or you know you're really on a roll but you shouldn't be doing this every day or even a couple of times a week like that is a big red flag that basically there aren't enough resources they don't respect your time outside of work and it's not going to end up good for you in the end. Number two, there's a high employee turnover. So you notice that lots of people are quitting all the time. Or before, like if there's somewhere you want to work and you notice that that place constantly has job ads up, that you're like, why are you guys always hiring? Like sometimes it's not the company's expanding. Sometimes it's day assholes. Mm -hmm. I know in the media industry, there's like definitely a few publications that they are always hiring and you just know it's like the biggest red flag there's a few like fashion and beauty brands as well that are always hiring like social media managers or like retail staff and you just know so like if you notice that that's not a good thing sometimes it is like a company's expanding but if it's the same role it's definitely not a good thing yeah absolutely the next one is if there's clicks and gossiping to me that tells me that like the people who work there you know, aren't necessarily the most mature. A lot of the time that comes because there's like not great communication from upper management. And then so people are kind of forced to be like and Mm. have little rumors and whispers going on. And it's just not, it's so high school. Yeah. We already lived through that trauma. Let's not do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've started work at places and within like the first week had people coming up to me, like bitching about other people in the team. That is a red flag. And then (laughs) this one, I think, is something that you should keep an eye out for when you're applying for a job. If the company describes themselves as a family or uses words like hustle culture, yeah, like... If you're a hustler, come join this family of like-minded creatives who are all depressed, overworked and traumatized. Basically, that's what the job ad's saying. Yeah, exactly. Read between the lines. If they're telling you that if you can work in a fast-paced environment and juggle multiple things at a time, they're telling you that it is a complete madhouse in there, they're under-resourced and you're going to be doing like five people's jobs. No, thanks. So as well as looking out for some of those buzzwords in the job ad, Pay attention in the job interview. I think you can really pick up on some warning signs in that first interaction and trust your gut. One time I was going for a job interview for like a music journalism role and I got there early, was prepared, good to go, got to the office and had probably been waiting there for like 20 minutes and nobody had come to get me. 
after going up to the receptionist and I was like, what's going on? I sent the person a message as well being like, hey, I'm here. Um, Nothing. Half an hour goes by and then the receptionist is like, oh, actually they're at a cafe down the road. They've decided to move the interview. And I was like, because I've taken this interview on my lunch break as well. So I only had a limited amount of time to actually do it and then get back to my job. So I book it down to this cafe and there's these two guys sitting there and they're so like, oh, nonchalant. They don't apologize for changing the location of the interview and not communicating it and then also being half an hour late. Anyway, we're going into the interview and I'm already feeling a little bit flustered Mm. and kind of like, these guys. Sal hates running late. Like, mm. it's like if there's like a last minute change or she's running late, she's like, who's, who's yeah, it completely throws yeah. me off. And it's, at this point, I was also like maybe 20 or 21. So I was very yeah, green. Especially for an interview as well. Yeah. So I already had a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And then one of the questions that they asked me was, okay, I'm going to give you a hypothetical here. You're writing an article and you get uh, an anonymous email that somebody in the band has gone on tour with another band and pissed all over their equipment. What do you do? Are you going to cover the story? And I was like, what the f***? You're like, who's, who's band equipment? <laughs> I was like, who did this? Who did it? Tell me right now. <laughs> I was like, I would speak to my manager about it. I was like, because we would then need to, you know, check the source, like how reliable is that? And I was like, but if it came to something like that, I would speak to my editor about it. And they were like, well, wrong answer because we wouldn't cover it because we wouldn't want to ruin the band's reputation by doing that. And I was like, wait, so you're not going to cover a story if just because it, like if it's true, mm. if it's going to ruin a band's reputation because you like the band? It was just so weird vibes. weird, weird vibes. I was like, why are you talking about pee in an interview? <laughs> I think after that, I was going for a few jobs at the time and I ended up getting another one. And I was like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. And then in like the next, I think, year to 18 months, I saw three other journalists go through that job. There you go. So. Validation. Proof is in the pudding. <laughs> All right, what's your next one? My next one is to participate. This is probably one of my pet peeves just throughout career, especially like working over Zoom in the last like however many years we've been doing the damn thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But even just in meetings as well, in work, don't sit there and be silent. It just bugs me and it bugs everyone else and you notice it. Like if you're in a meeting, if you're in a brainstorm, participate. Like you don't even have to throw out ideas if you're not confident enough, even saying, I really like that idea. Like Mm. if you're in a brainstorm and you're not quite sure because you maybe have just started a a new job or you're not necessarily confident enough to kind of weigh in yet, even just saying, I like that idea or that's great, you know, contributing to the conversation. People that come onto Zooms and just don't put their camera on or like have their mic muted the whole time and they just – sit there and do nothing while everyone else is doing all the work Mm. people notice that so like if you if you're starting at a new job or if you kind of want to you know level up into more of a managerial role participate and be really active in those moments that you're working in a team or you know that people want to launch something new if people are like okay we want to do an influencer marketing campaign put your hand up and try it you don't have to have experience give it a red hot go and then 
you can lean on people for help. Don't be passive mm. in the workplace. Like participate and be active and put your damn Zoom camera on. I won't say it again. I'm I know that like people have very contrasting opinions on this, being like, I don't have to have my camera on to be able to do my job. So fine, but like to work in a team, mm. you need to be able to be a team and talk to each other and see each other. Yeah, if you're in a brainstorm meeting. Yeah. Like you can't just have your camera off the whole time. I will say though, when whenever like we first started working from home, I would forget my camera was on and I would start having like facial reactions to like certain things or new policies or stuff like that. And then our friend Helena was telling us one time that she had just started a new job and there was a really hot guy on like the team Zoom and she just completely forgot that her camera was on and she kept pulling faces whenever this guy would talk because he was so hot that her like team messaged her and they're like, Helena, pull it together. And she's like, oh. She's like, oh no. Oh my God. Just zero poker face. Yeah. So maybe turn it off if there's like a hot person <laughs> on Zoom. That one I'll allow. Yeah, that's okay. If you need a little private moment to compose yourself, you know, take a few deep breaths, then put it back on. Have a cold shower. <laughs> Spritz yourself. Exactly. Cool but also don't hook up with your... <laughs> hey, we, we already did that one. Okay. I'm like, also don't hit on your colleagues. But we will get to that. We'll get on to that later. Helena's like, hey. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. My next career tip is another thing that Alex and I have both had a lot of experience with just over the years, you know, working in internships, working in different jobs. But it's something that I've seen you know, just like a lot in conversation with friends and also just like on the internet and on TikTok. And it's how to manage up with your manager or how to deal with a manager that just keeps putting stuff on your plate, even though you are completely burnt out and don't have the resources to do it. So we've got some tips for you on how to manage it and what I've found has worked in the past. If your boss is asking you to do something and you physically do not have the time to do it, Send them your to-do list for the day or the week and your priorities and say, okay, these are the priorities for the day that you've given me. To complete this other task, I'll need to not do X, Y, Z or which one of these things do you think that we can take off the list? And that kind of shows them that you are at your capacity and kind of puts the onus on them to be like, okay, I need to reprioritize here. And I think by doing that, then... You're not kind of just being like, okay, I'll do it. And then you end up burning out or not finishing your other tasks or they're kind of like, oh, well, why didn't you finish doing this? Which is so often Mm. what happens because you're spinning too many plates. Because we've both had experiences where we've had managers where we've said this to them. I mean, like we're completely burnt out. We have so much work to do. And they're like, oh, we'll take a a day off. You know, go take a week of, of mental health leave. And that's great if you can do that. But then when you, you end up coming back and you have even more work to do. Yeah, the shit fire is still there. Yeah. So you need to communicate that to your manager that you have too much to do and put the onus on them to reprioritize and get some other f- people to help do the job. And then our last tip for this is to document everything. Yes, there is like the maybe not so nice aspect of, you know, if you have a manager that's 
a bit of a shit fight or colleagues that, you know, you're butting heads, heads with to make sure you take screenshots of conversations, emails, all that stuff, make sure everything's written down. But I want to focus on the more positive aspect of this of whenever you hit a milestone at work, whenever someone sends you an email, a text, a Slack saying you did a really good job, great work, whenever there's a shout out for you, document this, save it however you can, whether it's, you know, downloading the video that was the Zoom or, you know, saving and screenshots from that conversation and put it all in a folder for those days that you're like, oh, you know what, I really hate my job today and go look at that folder and go look at all of those things that one, you've achieved and all those nice things people have said about you because it's completely going to turn your day around and also when it's time for your performance review you've got an entire folder of all these achievements you've done and all this support from like other colleagues proving your culture fit proving like your status within the company and within your team that you're going to really able to be able to fight for either that promotion or salary increase that you're after so Mm -hmm. make sure that you're saving all of those things in a folder and just checking in on it every now and again and feeling really good about yourself exactly get that little serotonin hint yeah We do get like a couple of you chicks messaging us on the good old gram, which we love. I don't know why I said it like that, which we love. (laughs) We do actually love it. And we had someone (laughs) write in and we just wanted to address this really quickly that they sent in a message basically saying, I have a crush on a colleague and I'm not sure whether or not to pursue it. This is really common. It is really common to find the people that you work with attractive and don't feel bad, but respectfully, strongly, do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. I promise you that this mediocre man that you like, or woman, or non-binary human, I promise you, you probably won't marry them. Like, mm. like the awkwardness that this is going to bring, the statistics of this, it's not going to work out. Don't do it. Absolutely. And I just think that when you're bored at work... It's so easy to be like, oh, they're hot. And if you walk past them in the street, you probably would never even take a second look. There are four out of ten, but you work with them full time. Literally. If it is something that you really do want to pursue, then it will be there when you leave that job Mm. or when you move on. Like if it's meant to be, it'll be. Also just stay in the crush phase. Like the crush phase is so fun. Having a crush on people is so fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then getting your heart broken, not so fun. Yeah, and having all of your colleagues know about it and then having to see them that every single day. As someone who's gone through that, as someone who dated someone they worked with for two years and then broke up and you had to have all your colleagues being like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about You're like, I want to go crawl into a hole. I know we're being negative and being like, don't do it. It's not going to work out. And you know what? Maybe it might, but... The fallout of it has a higher chance of happening. Sorry. Yeah, but. the risks are high. And if it's meant to be, it will be. So you can wait until you're both at different workplaces yeah. to actually, you know, can it. make a move. Well, now that we've got our career tips all wrapped up, you're ready to live your best life at your job. Let's talk about our product recommendations of the week, shall we? What have you got for me, Al? What am I buying? <laughs> Tell me. 
If you can see, like, the intense voice Sal's looking at me right now. She's like, please, please, me. I need the serotonin hit. Legit, whenever, like, there's something, I'm like, I really like this product. Sal's like, oh, where'd you get it from? Like, I go up to her house and it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, very good. My number one fan. I love it. My product of the week is from Frank Body. I absolutely love them. They're incredibly affordable. They're available in Mecca as well as the Frank Body site. And it is their new Rose Hip Body Scrub and Cleanser. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I suffer from really dry skin and eczema. And I also get a lot of irritation from shaving and I'm a hairy, hairy girl. So there's no option to not shave. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so the Rose Hip Body Scrub and Cleanser is $25. It comes in like a tub and you take it into the shower. This is magic in a tub. I have never experienced anything like this. So it starts out as a scrub and then as you kind of rub it over your body and into your skin, it disintegrates into like a foam like it melts into a foam that you then wash your body with and then hydrates so you exfoliate your body and hydrate it at the same time and it's a cleanser so if you do get irritated skin from shaving a lot of the time that can be from you know like dirt with the razor or like getting into your skin with that dermatitis and so by cleansing your skin you're actually helping to avoid any irritation that you can get from shaving so I've fully noticed one my skin is so much more hydrated after I jump out of the shower because when you're showering in hot water as well you're dehydrating your skin so my skin is so much more hydrated when I already get out of the shower if I've shaved I do not have anywhere near as much irritation or like itchiness from that eczema and I smell great like gorgeous. There's some statistics for you. (laughs) Based on a trial of a hundred Frank body customer who used this product for 30 days, 98% said the scrub did not irritate their skin. 93% agree the scrub is effective at exfoliating their skin and removing dry patches. 95% of tested said the scrub and cleanser was a true two-in-one. 100%. I would like to be on that statistic. Thank you. (laughs) And then 96% agree the scrub feels rich in quality and ingredients. It's also a vegan scrub and it is the love of my life. 25 bucks. Frank Body strikes again. (laughs) I can back this recommendation. I love it as well. I love that unlike other scrubs, it doesn't leave half of the scrub on your shower floor because it does like work into that foam and cleanser, which I hate. I hate when you have to like clean a shower after using a scrub. I also love the rosehip oil that they Mm. brought out with that scrub as a little pair. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Gorge. Okay, my shopping recommendation of the week is also a little beauty purchase and it is the Rare Beauty Perfect Strokes Volumizing Mascara, which is exclusive at Sephora. It's $34, but this is the best mascara I've used in a really, really long time. I've had like a lot of issues with mascara like smudging underneath my eyes ever since I've sort of like switched over to using like Dewia foundations and I haven't had this problem with this mascara and it also comes off really easily so Mm. even though it doesn't move it doesn't smudge throughout the day you don't have to spend like 48 hours scrubbing your eyes every night but yeah definitely check it out sephora 34 bucks nailed it it's also the number one selling mascara in sephora which we discovered at the sephora showcase the other week well that is another episode of two broke chicks all wrapped up in licious 
Thank you to our production team, Priya Tahazadeh, Bambi Media and Made in Katana Studio for making today's episode possible. And thanks to you, Chicks, for having us in your ear holes in this episode and for all of season two. We do have our mini episode dropping on Thursday, so you can listen into that. But after that, we will be taking a little one-week break and then we'll be back for season three, bigger and better than ever. We will be back soon, babies. Miss you already. Miss you already. It's only one week. Bye, Chicks. Bye. Love ya.